0: Welcome to the Divine Rhyme, a music podcast with culture, with Will Hogsett and Dylan Hughes, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back. To another episode of the divine rhyme and we got a heater coming in 99 mile per hour fastball we're not throwing any off speed we got an absolute heater i'm on a vibe will hogset as usual i'm on a vibe for a couple reasons i think one i got a nice leg day pump this morning so that works give me a little energy two we got two americans bringing home gold in golf from tokyo come on usa three We have four Mac Miller projects that really kind of threw me for a loop. Four Mac Miller projects that I was like, wow, there's so much to talk to. And lastly, we got another guest. We got another guest on The Divine Rhyme, two straight weeks. But before, let me, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, getting ahead of myself a little bit. Joined, as always, by the lovely co-host Dylan Hughes. Hughes. How are we feeling, man? Are you matching my energy today or no?
2: (laughs) Man, I've been been ready to talk about this for, it feels like, weeks. I mean, shout out to Drew, last guest, for setting us up for a great, I mean, just a great catalog. Like, the way that he laid that out for us, and we got four great projects to talk about today. It's like, I'm worried I'm going to forget get some stuff because there's so much to talk about
1: dude literally literally and i'm like you know this he did separate the 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 stages of his career so perfectly i i think but the only issue that i found with that is that this stage of his career is like fucking massive like (laughs) massive like for more than one podcast and so i was talking to our guest that i'm going to introduce here in a second uh hughes i'm like dude we might have to like come back to this come back to a couple albums on this just because there's so much to talk about but that leads me into my next point we are joined by a new guest on the divine rhyme podcast hosted by the running hook podcast network nick boggs nick boggs one of my day one boys met him in college and we've shared a connection through music kind of Ever since day one, we've always talked about music. He's always been a big Mac guy. We've, ch- we've chatted about Frank. We've had some of these conversations, and that's why I was so excited to have him on here. Nick, give us a little introduce, uh, introduction about yourself. And uh, thanks for coming on the pod.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, Nick Boggs here. Yep. Um, Big Mac Miller fan. Loved him ever since I heard about the man way back when in high school. And ever since then, his music has just set memories in my mind that I always look back on and cherish. Mm -hmm. So what is what is your experience with Mac Miller overall to kind of start things off? Give us a little baseline. Um, so I mean, I met Drew, freshman year high school, your last um guest on the podcast. And he was like, That's the only thing he listened to. Like I've heard Mac here and there, but then he started opening my mind up to like the lyrics that he had and all that. And I've never really listened to music for the lyrics, you know. I've always been like, Yeah, it's a good head bob, but dude, it changed every way I look at a song now. It doesn't matter who it is. And that's Mm -hmm. why I think Mac is like one of my favorite artists Mm -hmm. personally.
1: No, I think that's kind of getting into the topics that we talked about last week a little bit, the way he's able to connect with the audience and specific types of audience. And so um, like, like we talked about last week, if you listen, we kind of set a foundation for Mac Miller's career with his first kind of three bigger projects. Um, and so I, I'm going to ask you, and then I'm going to take it to Dylan after. Where, in your opinion, before Macadelic are we, Macadelic, are we, in Mac Miller's mind, in Mac Miller's career?
0: I feel like at that time, you know, he was just just getting on his feet, just starting to get big, found out what people wanted to hear. Like maybe, I would say mostly radio hits, you know, which you would hear um, at a party, something like that. But he got his name out there, and I feel like at this point is where he started to want to make music that like meant more to him and what he wanted to actually put out. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's a good take. Um, Hughes, what's your opinion on this this part of his career as a whole, especially after, um, you know, what we talked about last week?
2: Yeah, I think coming off last week with Blue Slide Park being the end of that kind of uh, trilogy we talked about, you could start to see him get a little more interested in kind of reminiscing a little bit and, and thinking back to those better days. Now that he's like officially famous, he was starting to kind of recognize some of the the downsides and the upsides to that, and he was starting to talk about that. So, moving into this stage of his career, I think it was interesting to see, you know, what is he going to talk about now? Because a lot of the early stuff was, I'm in high school, I'm a kid, I'm having fun, you know, sex and drugs, that all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, what what what's next? You know, what's next? And and I think. We get a uh, right off the bat, we get a good kind of feeling where he's going.
1: You're right. Like, it was all about sex and drugs, like kind of the original, like, man, I'm a high schooler. I love my fucking life. Let's fucking do this shit I'm my grind. But you talk about drugs. We thought he talked about drugs in the first fucking uh, kind of section. That was maybe some of the minor drugs. And obviously in this this part of his career, drugs had such a big influence on on his music and his everyday life. And so first, the album that we're going to start or the mixtape originally that we're going to start talking about is Macadalus. Released in 2012, Hughes. I got a comparison I want to kind of toss your way real quick. Is this uh, is this his Forest Hills drive? Do you think this is his Forest Hills drive?
2: Gosh, I was trying to figure that out for myself because the the Jake Cole, uh, as we talked about last week, parallel I think is really strong, and I still don't think I know like yeah. what his Forest Hills drive is because I mean, there's. I think the four projects we're going to talk about today are all very good for their for different reasons. And for that reason, it's kind of hard to for me to pin down, especially what, you know, is his kind of elite part of this uh, part of his career. But I want to say, I think the run that this album has from just, you know, song to song being so listenable, it, it's up there. Mm
1: hmm. And the the parallel just beyond the Forest Hills drive part of his career is definitely there. It's kind of similar to J. Cole, like Nick mentioned earlier, where he's really just focused on the music. He's not necessarily focused on the reception. He's focused on what, what he wants to put it out there, what he wants it to sound like and what he wants to say. And so let's, let's get started with Macadelic right away. Boggs, what, where does this rate where does this rank in his career and what did this do moving forward for him as an
0: artist this mackadelic project oh man i i think this is a big one i i'd probably have to rank it up there it's like it's an eight or nine man because it really showed that people still adored what he put out even though not everything in that mixtape was happy you know what i mean they saw the downside of all the bad drugs and all that that he talked about it as a positive thing before and I don't know, it gets more realistic, you know, and people can start comparing it to their own lives. And I love that aspect.
1: No doubt. Uh, Hughes, what about you? What, what, what were some of the standout tracks and obviously themes of Macadelic in your opinion?
2: I mean, honestly, I think loud through the question is just, I, I, could, I could listen to it nonstop. I, yeah. For me, that's, that's the that's where the album is like kind of starts and ends for me. I mean, the whole album is solid, but that middle, let's see, three through twelve tracks, it's just unbelievable. And I mean, you see, you see kind of some different themes. Like you get a little bit of the. I, I think he has some advanced off of uh, Blue Slide Park. There's there's a lot more storytelling, which you know I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Especially vitamins, great storytelling yeah. song. <laughs> um, but you know, there's there's a lot more storytelling. There's a lot more introspection, and and I think um, kind of starting to recognize where things are maybe starting to go wrong for him a little bit, which is something that he obviously addresses more in the upcoming upcoming albums. But he's kind of just starting to put that stuff on the table now.
1: And so uh, another thing that I noticed about this this project is his development as an artist. Uh, making an album, right, compared to kind of making individual songs, individual bangers. We talked about a lot with like Schoolboy and J Cole about how they reach a point in a career in the career where they're able to take you on like a roller coaster throughout an album and not just kind of have similar sounding songs put together and say, this is Mac Miller. I think that this is where he takes a really, really big step in that. And he's able to take you up, take you with him, and then also kind of bring you down. And this is where you kind of, I think start to see some of the depressing kind of lyrical themes, and then maybe even production kind of get put into a lot of his music. So do you have a take on that at all box?
0: Yeah. Um, honestly, I'd say, uh, so I remember since he's um, talking about way more about problematic issues that he's having with doing more drugs and the downside and everything it definitely tells more of a story where the transitions between songs a couple like maybe two or three songs in a row will be down then he'll bring you back up and i think that relates to the emotions that he feels himself when he's under the drugs like how he takes it out on the people around him his friends his loved ones like all these ups and downs it's not just the music itself too it's how he really feels sometimes i feel like
1: yeah i agree and he's I that's a good way to put it Um, being able to kind of translate his emotion into the production and not necessarily a lot of the lyrical aspect. Did you get that kind of vibe here from McAdela Hughes?
2: Yeah. I mean, you, I think he's, as you mentioned, we kind of see this with a lot of the other artists we've talked about, but we're starting to see major production progressions at this point. I think blue side park was, Um, a really good start of him like really taking that next leap but as i kind of talked about last week he took some risks that i appreciated but i didn't personally really like musically um and at this point i think he's really starting to do a good job of of matching the tone of the song with the sound of the song and that's something that we talked about with schoolboy q a lot too yeah where he's able to really figure out what's the mood of this song and how can I convey that in the sound? Yeah. So it really feels like a full song that can really hit people. And I think this album uh, did a really good job of, of just showcasing where he's at. And I think he was like 20 when he put this out. I mean, it's just amazing. He got started so early, obviously, but his, his, Ability to produce and write a good song at this age was really shocking to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And so I want to ask Nick. Because we talked about with Drew last week how he's kind of built this fan base, right, based on his music up until this point. And he's got this fan base that really likes him. And then you got people that don't like him, I guess. It's it's like a dichotomy. Either you like him or you, you don't like him. There's there's no in between necessarily. Um, so what what do you think the reception was from his fan base with this album, Nick?
0: It's kind of eye-opening. I believe, um, a lot of people didn't really see it coming, you know, it was, uh, very different. Um, yeah, but I think the more people listened to it, it would like, it grew on them, you Mm -hmm. know, and then they became more interested into the like fine line of things, not just what they hear, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's kind of what Mac was going for. And naturally it goes um, along with just making music to your, about you and making music about himself and true to himself. Whereas, you know, he, he's gotten to this point in his life where he's received uh, some fame. And so now, you, like we mentioned, you kind of saw it in Blue Side Park to kind of focus an entire album based on like an idea to an extent or trying to theme, make an album in a theme. But in this one, Macadelic, I think he really, really did hit it on the nail here and started to drive this next part of his, his career. And so Hughes, you got any other thoughts on Macadelic before we move into uh, watching movies?
2: I mean, yeah, there's just a few songs I really want to talk about. And I think gives a good, idea of where he's really heading so thoughts from a balcony and one one through eight in the question i think are all really good kind of introspective pieces where he's starting to really question like who he is and what his purpose is and you know will we've obviously talked a lot about that throughout this whole podcast i think that kind of music is what we relate to because that stage of our life is kind of right now where we're trying to figure out that next path. And I think those three songs in particular, really strong of him kind of trying to figure out what's next. You know, he, he's already accomplished so much, but he still feels like he hasn't really done anything. And he even said that uh, at one point. So I think that was a really good, um, those three songs in particular kind of represent, I think where he was at. And also, he starts to really, one through eight, especially, he talks a lot about death, which is something that he continues to talk about moving forward. Yeah. And obviously, after what happened, is like really, God, it's like some of these lines just hit you because of what happened with him. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he starts to talk about death a little bit, which again, becomes more of a theme as we move on.
1: Yeah, especially in this part of his career, right? I mean, you you see these albums, these four specifically, uh, and you're like, man, there's a lot, it's a lot different, you know? It's like he's gotten to this point making three, making mixtapes and those three albums that we talked about basing it, like basing the entirety of the songs and the music off of like, I'm this guy, I'm going to get to where I want to be and nothing can fucking stop me. And now it's almost like he is where he wants to be. So what is he going to talk about now? And like you mentioned, naturally uh, you just get introspective. And I think the, the parallel to this podcast is perfect Hughes, because that's, that's kind of the foundation of why we started this podcast in the beginning. It's to talk about some of the themes in these artists life and their music and have it relate to us to maybe give us some of the answers that we're kind of looking for in this, you know, you know, kind of quarter life part of of where we are in life and so that's why i think that these albums kind of hits are, are so good for this podcast and so before we move on to the next one i i, I want to ask nick any final thoughts about Macadelic? any songs that you want to talk about specifically Any anything else that you really want to put out there for the audience to hear
0: yeah so, so um miss calls especially um he's just I don't know, because you've never really had that breakup song for Mac Miller. You know what I mean? And it just shows where he's at. He's dealing with a lot. And something else I want to touch about, too, I think around Macadelic and Faces Times are the times that he left Pittsburgh. He either went to L.A. and New York. I remember he moved for a while. So I think a lot of these ideas are running easy. You know, he's not around all the people he grew up with unless he took them with him and his family's like states away. It's just it's different. You know, environment is going to yeah. create different art you know, at the same time.
1: Yeah. And I think we saw that in blue side park a little bit, right. Where he's yeah. like kind of missing, he's kind of missing uh being away from home. He's not, he's not in his, in his environment that he's always been in. And so now he's kind of just fallen to a lot of the psychedelics, obviously Macadelic being like this, a pretty psychedelic kind of, you know, and that's that also combined with the fact that he's not where he used to be kind of, is a big turn in his career almost to where it's like, okay, I'm going to make this music about what I want to, what I'm trying to figure out right now. And I think that's why a a lot of, a lot of the people kind of relate to, to it to an extent. Uh, But, you know, Macadelic is a good project moving forward, going into watching movies with the sound off Hughes uh, original initial thoughts in watching movies. And uh, how does, how does this one kind of differentiate differentiate from Macadelic?
2: Yeah, this one is is interesting. It's it's a lot more slowed down than Macadelic. You know, Macadelic we start to see those themes start to develop, but it was still there were still a lot of songs that were kind of just getting you on your feet type of songs, which yeah. he has pretty much throughout all the albums for the most part, but this one felt a little bit better strung together um where there is just a ton more introspection and there's a handful of songs we're going to talk about that are just like, like I was sitting the other night listening and I'm like, I got to repeat that. I got to repeat that again. Like it was, it it just hits you, man.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think you really do get it right off the bat too with the star room. I mean, I I think that's a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, introduction into this album. Boggs, what do you think about the intro? And then what do you think about the initial stages of this album?
0: Um the intro definitely sets you up for uh a a change I would say it's different it's like a little darker look into the beginning of an album you know most of the times albums want to like oh here here's, here's my album uh starts off all happy and good you know but I don't know he just sets the mood perfectly and watching movies is definitely a trip listening all the way through it i love that album
1: yeah uh, i was watching an interview Uh, from mac miller about this album and he was talking about kind of his idea to uh introduce it and he mentioned he mentioned that he wanted to be kind of like a circus where in the beginning you have this kind of odd figure come out and introduce you to the show essentially and like what's what's going to happen and then uh kind of open the curtains right and after after this you get avian or avion and it's like Really opening the curtains to uh, to the show, and I thought that was a really good comparison because he does in this an intro song kind of set you up for like, okay, what what am I getting into? Did you did you get that kind of vibe yeah. as well, Hughes?
2: Oh yeah, the Star Room to me is like one that I just keep going back to. I'm mm-hmm. um, like, I'll, I've had random points in my days the past couple weeks where I'm like, I got to listen to the Star Room right now. Like, <laughs> it just it just really it gives you that good, like Mac Miller vibe that I think me and Will, especially like the people that have been more interested in the later music from him. um, You know, these, these are the kind of songs where we start to see the, the early building blocks of that stuff. And it's just, it's, and you got a nice little tempo change like right after the first like minute or so too. So it's, it's just a really nice way to start this album off.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And another one I want to talk about um, in the beginning parts of this album is I'm Not Real, which obviously by the title, you're like, OK, that's 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 kind of what we're getting into. <laughs> that's what we're getting into. Uh, but in, yeah. in the chorus, yeah. in, the, in the chorus, it, I feel like we, especially with Earl Sweatshirt, it's like coming back to it at the end of the day, bitches and money. Bitches and money, let's do this. And so, what what was your thoughts? What were your thoughts on that
0: that song, uh, Boggs? Um, yeah, he's sticking to the um, priorities. You know what I mean? He's letting everyone (laughs) know like where he's at. Um, not changing anytime soon. That's one thing with Mac. I've always adored man. He's he's always transparent as can be. You know what I mean? Yeah. What he tells you is who he is. It's Mm -hmm. not a show. Anything like that. I don't know.
1: No. And that's what that's what that's what me and Hughes really found with a lot of the artists that seem to uh, kind of grab or able to grab a big audience. And it's just like the transparency and the, the genuine nature of the, the music. And so that is that one. Is that probably the main thing that you think you're attracted to by Mac Miller just in general or
0: the lyricism? What, what, do, you, what do you think? Main thing with Mac for me is honestly his versatility man because like i'm i'm not the type of guy i just strictly listen to hip-hop i listen to everything and that man produces literally everything and mm-hmm. i've i've heard other artists do the same genre but mac has just done it better and i just don't get how when he focuses. and people call him a rapper quote-unquote you know what yeah, i mean that's fine yeah. you see him make like albums like swimming and uh circles and it just changes your whole perspective.
1: Yeah, no, you're you're completely right, and I think that this is the part where we really like really start to see that coming from them, like genuinely. Uh, there's a couple songs, uh, yeah, just ones that kind of pop in my mind originally. Objects in the mirror, and then Euphoria. Like, yes, you know, the, those two songs. Yeah. Those those two songs, man, really do bring this kind of change in of a nature from from Mac as an artist. Whereas, like we mentioned, like Dylan mentioned, in Macadelic, like the theme lyrically and even the sound to an extent may have been uh, a little bit dif- different. But overall, the tempo was kind of still up there, right? And it was still kind of like hard. Look, li- uh, yeah, drove a lot of like ly- ly- lyrically based. Whereas in this one he does start, as Dylan mentioned perfectly, he does start to slow things down and kind of give you a longer and a better look into his mind. And so, uh, Hughes, what, what, what else kind of stands out uh, in watching movies for you as we move into the middle part of the album? You know, I thought
2: it's funny you guys mentioned those two songs because, first of all, Objects in the Mirror, like, I feel like I'm going to sit down and make a top 10 of Mac songs after this <laughs> yeah. is all over. I mean, God damn, man, that one, that's one of them where I had to listen to it like three times in a row because I'm like, it's you just got to lay back and soak it in. It's it's so good. Um, but Euphoria as well. Those are both good examples of what I was kind of talking about with the storytelling. Like he's he in both of those songs, he personifies something else and makes it seem like something else. Obviously, you know, Objects in the Mirror is is more about drugs And as he said with Euphoria, it's actually about the vagina, which was a great, um, (laughs) a great, great personification song uh, in that regard. But those two songs are, are definitely great examples of him being able to kind of get, I guess, unique with with how he's coming at these songs. And it's not just as matter of fact now, it's a little bit more. Um, you know, abstract with, with what he's putting out. And I think it makes the music sound a lot better. And then obviously Remember is a really good storytelling song too about his friend that passed away. um And, and the thing that ties all this together is just great production. I mean, you get a really nice sound and really, we're starting to see what we have seen in the later stuff where there's a lot more you know, piano mixed in and there's more instruments mixed in. It's not just a really good rap beat. Um, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a lot different kind of sound. And I think this is where I think, you know, the people like me and Will that are interested in in this kind of sound start to probably get hooked in with Mac.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, we were talking in in probably the Sergio podcast. He is about the difference between, um, I guess soul soul music and rap especially when it comes to like live performances right and uh earlier this week i sent hughes objects in the mirror live and i'm like man like don't get me wrong the og song is good but this one, man, this 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 live version kind of so raw, it, it just hits different. And that whole live album, I kind of feel bad that we don't have it scheduled. But, you know, that that how, <laughs> how is Mac able to do that? Because we we talked about uh, when we were discussing live performances like rap, it just really doesn't feel the same going live. But I, I, I'm I almost turn around complete 180 uh, when, when it comes to Mac Miller. He is.
2: Yeah, I don't know what it is about him either, but just the way he just the way that he moves through the music, you know, like he's he's the type of guy that's like he's going to really sit down and like really show you the music more than just rap at you or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, you know, Objects in the Mirror is not really much of a rap song, but I mean, his his live performance is, is really good. And I listened to a little bit of that uh was it live from space was that what it was called yeah that uh that album yeah that i listened to a little bit of it obviously it's been a busy week with four projects but (laughs) i mean the stuff i've heard on that like it, it was so so good and he's definitely one of the best i think when it comes to live performances
1: like you mentioned uh I think you sent me a text, and you're like another tiny desk all star, man. Hang them in the rafters. <laughs> uh, my question is, what have you ever seen uh, Mac Live and uh, Boggs?
0: Yeah. Well oh not not in person no but yeah. all the videos that I can find of course.
1: Yeah and Drew Drew brought up a good point last week about his ability to make a music videos that, that I think captured the audience but I think this kind of goes along uh with 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 that as well just his him being able to perform live in such a good uh kind of capacity and so do you think that adds to him as an artist like 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 Hughes mentioned he 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 does the songs he puts so much effort into the songs that when when he comes off live, it, it's not it's not difficult. You know, he's just not rapping over a beat. He could kind of be a little bit more versatile, as you mentioned.
0: Yeah, I feel like something that he said was perfect. Um, So like with rap, I feel like you're just sitting here just talking on a beat to a big group of people. But like when Mac was playing his music, I felt like it was, you can picture you and Mac at like a desk and he's more like just telling you personally a story and he doesn't care about anyone else around you, but you, you know what I mean? That's how I take it personally. It's like, this is a me and him one-on-one that I'm hearing almost Mm -hmm. compared to just like a TV show, you know? Yeah.
1: So do you have anything else on watching movies you kind of want to talk about box
0: um watching movies man uh definitely so i mean since i caught on to mac kind of late that like started my whole like setting memories with mac's music like and when it was caught me at a rough time in my life so like all the sad songs like remember someone like you watch or objects in the mirror all that just like will stick with me for the rest of my life and that's why i appreciate this project so much
1: yeah, there's no doubt. I want to talk about uh I want to talk about one song that we've kind of already discussed a little bit. Euphoria. <laughs> Euphoria. Mm-hmm. When I heard this especially to cap off the album to an extent. I mean, the rest of the songs are bonus tracks and they're fire and the rest of the bonus tracks, I feel like I saw I watched another interview and he's like yeah I noticed after that the album was kind of depressing, so I wanted to add a couple bangers at the end to try to bring it back up and he he, he did he did euphoria euphoria specifically i uh i I got into my scent mode and we me and Hughes have talked about uh how music could kind of make you feel away especially about a girl but euphoria man. Big time. That, I was like, man, I haven't I I don't think I've had Mac to take me back into the scent mode, especially in this capacity at this level, because I was like, when I first heard that song, it just took me to the girl in my head, man, that girl, it just straight to it. And I'm like, Mac, why, why'd you have to do that one to me now? Like, I thought, you know, I thought we were making money. I thought we were grinding. I thought we were out <laughs> loving our lives. But no, and, and so that's another one that I had to I, like every time I get this, every time that song comes on, the girl comes in my head and I'm just like, damn it, I hate it, but I fucking love it. <laughs> I fucking
0: love it. So um, I think that's just a, that's a perfect example, because like it shows that not just you do that, but he does it himself, too. You yeah. know what I mean? Even though he's focused, yeah. he, he definitely makes his music at the same time. Thinking about those females of the past that. He regrets maybe some things, you know, so.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I mentioned, I just think it's a really good way to cap off the album. And you talk about being genuine and like that, that that's what it is. Like at the end of the day, I think Hughes, we watch the same interview because he's like he's like vagina. He just kept saying vagina. He's like vagina at the end of at the end. That's all That's all, all. it comes down to. And I'm like, well, I'm like, hey, hey, I said, where's the lie, man? He's keeping it a stack with us at least, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> um, But yeah, I thought, and before we move on to Faces, which, wow, I mean, wow. Yeah, before we move on to Faces, watching movies is probably the one that I'm going to have to go back to a little bit more and just be like, Okay, what what's going on here? I mean, faces. Don't get me wrong. That there's a lot, but watching movies to me, man, I feel like he does kind of hit hit a note that's like perfect. Where it's like, okay, I'll, I'll take you up. Uh, for example, a perfect example: uh, objects in the mirror leading into red dot music. Oh. First time I yeah. heard that oh. I was like okay I'm not going to try to act like I'm an Action Bronson fan but my lord the transition and the song just in de- in general whoo, like I, when I hit the gym man on that uh, first time I heard that I'm like dude, that's going in my playlist like I'm ready to fucking put I'm ready to bench 220 for reps like that that's how that song makes <laughs> Oh, all right we're back uh i know there might not have been a cutoff in the podcast however zoom out of nowhere threw me a fucking curveball just stopped my recording said i only we only get 40 minutes long and i'll tell you what 40 minutes ain't gonna cut it for these projects It's just, it's just that simple sometimes. And so that, I mean, that leads us on, I hope we got enough of watching movies. I think we did. It's a good, very, very good album. Definitely one of the first uh, that I was like, okay, Mac is Mac is throwing together an album. That's just insane here. Like he's, he's able to take you on a roller coaster, but that leads us into faces. And I'm just going to say one thing uh, and then toss it to Hughes. Hughes faces, man. Wow. The
2: <laughs> faces is first of all, it's like a million songs, yeah. So it, there's a lot to get through, but man, there's there's some points on this one that are just incredible. And I think right off the bat, inside outside, and so these, these first three songs really you get a different feel for the sound, different different kind of beat than usual. Um, very, very good very good beats i some of my favorite that i've seen for mac honestly uh really interesting different kind of flavor but again as i talked about earlier he's uh starting to talk about death a lot more i mean inside outside right off the bat should have died already yeah you know like he's he's really recognizing that the drugs are a problem and he even talks later on that he you know is probably going to die from an overdose so like this this uh album or this project you really start to see a different kind of a deeper dive into his issues um obviously there's some really upbeat songs as well but like it's yeah i think inside outside was a really interesting uh tone setter for this one
1: definitely definitely a good tone setter like and the, the just the original initial parts of this album as you mentioned like the death the death is obviously there man like the the the, the drugs have met, taken a toll to an extent where he's like you know you didn't hear this shit especially in the albums that we talked about the first podcast maybe macadelic to an extent um and then watching movies with the sound off he kind of dives deeper in to it right but lyrically, he's de- it's definitely probably one of the darkest places that we've seen him to an extent, and uh, you know I think I I I think this kind of fits to an extent kind of well in his career where it's like okay he just put off probably one of the most the highest re- received album that he's had so far and it's like he's kind of just like still. I'm not where he wants to be to an extent, not necessarily that, but it's like, he he's, he's had, he's had the commercial success that his whole career, he was kind of t- saying manifesting, like, this is what I'm going to do. And now you get into faces and, and, so that on the lyrical side is, is definitely apparent right when you start, but as Hughes Hughes mentioned, the production is just out there, man. And I know, I know, I, I at least for myself, and I think Hughes to an extent, I think we do appreciate that a bit whenever it takes kind of like a, a strong turn, you know. Maybe maybe it's not expressed perfectly, but in this, in this album, I, I really thought the production was like, yeah, he took a turn, but he took a turn for a, in a real great way. And so, uh, Nick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss it over to you. What are your thoughts on, on the, the lyrical side of this, this project? Um, and then, uh, the production as well. I think
0: this is the most abstract piece of music that he's ever made. Um, so, I mean, if it, is isn't obvious enough in the lyrics about talking about death. Mac had an interview where he said that Faces was supposed to be his last piece he ever made in his entire life. Wow. It was supposed to be a suicide note, funeral, weddings. He was talking about all the good and bad things about his life. And you can hear it within the words. He thought he wasn't even going to be alive to release it. Yeah. Something else, too, I kind of want to talk about with Faces, I think is crazy. So Faces was supposed to be an album, but the man has such a mad love for movies. Movies was like Mac Miller's favorite thing ever. So all these like intros to the songs and movie quotes, you know, you can't release that in an album because mm-hmm. of copyright. So he literally took the fall for not making money off of this mixtape just to produce his art the way he wanted it to. You know, like,
1: yeah, and I think that, that's that- crazy. that that works out, that really works out for him, you know, and maybe it didn't get, he didn't get the money, as much money as he would have gotten from it, and maybe it wasn't as commercially successful, but the the theme the theme and we we talked about in the first two projects here uh, of how he's able he's starting to develop kind of a knack for making an album with with theme uh, whether that be lyrically or whether that be uh, you know sound wise production wise and this one is just like for me although watching movies was really good this is like like you mentioned it's like a concept album it, it truly is and so uh, Hughes what what are your... What are your thoughts on on this Mac in his in this part of his career? Because like it, it's been all it's all kind of led up to this. And now you see you see this, this dark, like really kind of depressing lyrical, although the sound I, I kind of argue isn't depressing. It's more kind of up tempo to an extent. What, what is Mac? How has Mac gotten to this point? He is
2: just being famous man i really think i think being famous for a lot of people makes you realize that that's not going to answer all the questions and again this is something that we've seen with a lot of artists where schoolboy q talks about it a lot too and by the way the more we listen to to mac and there's obviously a lot of schoolboy q appearances mm-hmm. you can tell they were close mm-hmm. i mean you can tell just how involved they are in each other's music and how the kind of the themes and obviously Schoolboy Q wasn't talking about the same stuff but I, like when I'm listening to Mac I can almost hear a Schoolboy Q influence whether he's in it or not you can just tell that they had it they were kind of on a similar wavelength when it came to music which is why I think I mean those are two of my favorite artists all time like after listening to Schoolboy Q's entire discography it really catapulted him for me and and listening to Mac right now. I mean, like I'm debating whether he's my favorite of all time at this point, like he, the music he can put out both the high energy and kind of that lower tempo stuff is really unique. Um, But I mean, it's, it's, I, I think he's just starting to question so many things about life and he's realizing that all these, all the things he can access via fame, he's not getting he's not getting answers to the questions and again i think macadelic was the start with one through eight and the question thoughts from a balcony you start to really see he's questioning these things and at 20 years old he's you know kind of like maybe i'll figure it out down the line well it faces we're down the line right now it's been a few years and he still hasn't quite figured it out and he's just he's talking about death so much and you can tell he's getting more spiritual. I mean, inside, outside again, he has a line, everybody want to be God besides God. He want to be like us. Yeah. You know, These are kind of, kind of the spiritual stuff that we didn't really see earlier on. Um, and obviously we're going to see a ton more of it in the upcoming projects, but he's really starting to move to that point where he's like accepting death because he just, he can't really figure things out. And while he's here, he's going to try, but He's already kind of embraced um, moving on from from his life.
1: Yeah, I, I've almost, and I hate to say it, but I feel like this kind of is a lower lower point in, in his career, not necessarily the sound wise. But like you mentioned, man, he's I feel like he's been going on this roller coaster his whole career. And, you know, once he reached the peak, once he reached like fame. It's just continually gone downhill. And now I think I think that kind of I think the roller coaster shifts a little bit as we move forward into his career. But I feel like that this part, this part of it, it's just like, man, Matt, you you definitely see like who he is like Jin, he and he's not afraid to put it out like like boggs mentioned earlier he he's himself man and if if he's if he's gonna put out music about being himself he's gonna fucking keep it a stack that's the second time i've said keeping it a stack but he really has he really is and it's just you know and as 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 hughes mentioned it's like knowing the backstory knowing the rest (laughs) uh and almost to an extent starting from that point in in mine and Hugh's case just I think at least in my perspective I know it made all the songs just hit a a little bit harder like chills man I mean I will say I don't know if I've gotten this many chills just listening to an artist and whether that's whether that's the fact of just knowing knowing kind of what happens or uh just just a true just his unfilteredness like genuinely we talked about j cole being unfiltered we talk about schoolboy q being unfiltered like i'm not trying to take away anything from those guys but man like this this project is is unfiltered and so boggs i'm i'm gonna toss it over to you here what 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 is what did this do what did this do for mac miller's career what did this, this point do and leading leading into good am how how did how was he able to shift to an extent do you think
0: all right. <laughs> So I feel like the fact that it was a mixtape definitely opened up the opportunity for him to be more real in a way, because in my opinion, I don't think too many people before Mac died, at least even like listened to faces. You know what I mean? They only heard the albums he released like officially on iTunes and stuff like that. So he could put that stuff out as more of like the radio hip hop or, you know, still has some things about how he really feels. But like like you said, unfiltered, he can't be 100 percent unfiltered out to the public all the time. So it's like this was his fair balance to get two different projects within two years that give both tastes of everything going on in his mind you know
1: hughes you want to talk about any more standout tracks uh on this album any any i I will say i think lyrically and as as Boggs mentioned it is it is the most unfiltered and it is it is the one where you you listen to the lyrics more and it's like wow the that is nuts that like that this guy is like saying this shit and and just speaking this mind and i again i think that just adds to the quality of the project
2: yeah i mean as i mentioned at the start i think musically there's a handful of songs that i just really connect to like inside outside here we go and funeral i think are the three best like sounding songs just really unique Beats and, and honestly, the beats are all kind of similar. If you really listen, um, they, they're they all kind of a shade of the same uh, beat, but they're different in their own way. Um, and it's, I think being a mixtape definitely gives him that capability to have a different sound where it's really only kind of the true Mac fans that are, that are gonna care about this music. Um, so you see a, you see him try some different things. And as I mentioned earlier, there's there's just a few lines throughout some of these songs that really get me. Like San Francisco, suppose I'll die alone from an overdose of some sort. Yeah, it's like God, and like that literally is how it happened. And then colors and shapes again, more spiritual kind of thing. Son, if you want to hold on to yourself, then let yourself slip. That's something that he talks more about um, in circles as well. But it's. This, this is the point where I think we're really starting to see a st- really strong foundation for the next few albums come in where you can kind of pick and choose a few songs that you can see where the influence for these last three albums came from. And, you know, as Nick said, it's it's kind of crazy that this was supposed to be his going out party, of course, at a, you know, grand finale of the last song which yeah. is like, which is like, man, like grand finale. What else could that mean? You know? Yeah. And it just right off the bat, that song makes me think of so it goes, mm-hmm. which is off swimming, which we'll talk about more, but man, listening to so it goes, it's like, that was supposed to be his last song. And mm-hmm. of course it was. And uh, before he passed away circles, obviously was released after he died, but it just made me think of so it goes. And I'm excited to talk about so it goes next week. Cause it's like, it's one of those th- songs Will was talking about where it just gives you chills listening to it. And I think those few songs I just talked about on Faces really kind of points you in that direction.
1: Yeah, uh, I haven't shared any any music. I've tried to take a bit of like a social media hiatus to an extent as of recently for my own mental. And so I, back in the day, <laughs> back in the day, like a month ago, <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd often share like a lot of songs on my Instagram, just songs that I come, I, I really vibe to or relate to. And so I hadn't really done that for a while, but I heard San Francisco and I was like, dude, the, wow. And I'm like, dude, I'm gonna throw that one up on the gram. I'm just simply going to throw that one up on the ground because you're, you're right. And another point I want to kind of add on to about uh, to what Hughes said is I, he's got like a lot of those schoolboy Q one-liners in this album. Like, I feel like this album more than, mo, more than any of the other ones, uh, a lyric will kind of just catch you right. And, and send you into like the chill state. And I mean, I, like I like I mentioned, I get chills just talking about this shit. Like genuinely, because it, it is so. I don't know. It, it's not like predicting the. It, it is predicting the future, unfortunately, to an extent. But the awareness of himself is really just is is there. And uh, again, with the mixtape and the unfiltered nature, he doesn't he doesn't hold back. So uh, Boggs, you got any any last thoughts on on faces? Anything you want to share before
0: we move on? Yeah. Something I want to touch on what Dylan said about lyrics on certain songs. So Funerals, actually, that song, um, he started the whole swimming aspect. I feel like with that song, yes. there's a lyric he says, yeah, I'm not awake. I'm in a lake. I'll swim away with you. And at that point on, I feel like every time he was battling with his demons and felt like he was lower than ever, not going to come back. He always related that to swimming, like he was drowning. But if he stayed moving, he'd constantly keep keeping afloat. You know what I mean? and like weddings for example too he talks about how uh no matter what he does she's always right in the situation about how a relationship you know it's an easy way to make things pass is just agree with the other partner that thinks mm-hmm. that they're right And like that's what the whole song's about it's like i know i'm always wrong you're always right blah 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 can we still be fine you know but it never turns out that way i guess mm-hmm. for that man
1: yeah i i definitely agree and that's a good point about swimming because i noticed that when i when i listened to it as well i was like okay um this might be where that kind of theme kind of began and i assume he was probably already working on um obviously good am and then divine feminine before but maybe that that's kind of where this mm-hmm. this idea kind of began in his mind that ended up uh to be uh you know an album and a big theme uh in his career and so that takes us to good am my first original thought of of this one was it kind of took us back to dreaming a little bit. He you know it, obviously the theme of this album is kind of like wake up, get out of this, get out of the state, which is it's it's a good follow up to Faces. It re- really kind of is, even though it was a mixtape. Um, but I thought the sound of this one and the theme, i what might've been his best executed, best, the, the at least up until this point, the best executed thought into an album. Did you get the same uh, idea, Hughes, or what were your thoughts of it initially?
2: Yeah, I thought theme-wise it was pretty strong. And just listening to this one, obviously there's a, a handful of moments where... He's getting more of that introspective, but it's definitely a much more upbeat album than Faces, and not that Faces was an album, but it's a much more upbeat project um, in general. And you know, we even get a couple of uh, you know weekend. or we get you know like a song like The Weekend, which is more like a radio song? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he was kind of trying to to not necessarily change it i mean he was kind of trying to change it up a little bit where he was i think trying to get a little bit more upbeat and be like i'm gonna mix in my thoughts here and there but i'm also gonna to try to just make a lot of songs that people can bump mm-hmm. and there's a handful of songs in here that they're in the playlist like for good like they're <laughs> whenever i'm whenever i'm needing that kind of uh jump they're getting thrown up
1: yeah, I think, and I think that matches the theme of the album as well. I feel like he's almost trying to pull himself up, like from this this face is low, right? He's trying to he's trying to wake himself up, and that's why I love the alarm clock to start things off, like the whole the whole theme, uh, especially uh, originally. And uh, I did have uh, I did have like a uh, a thought that I wanted to uh, ask you about Hughes originally in the first kind of podcast that we talked about dreams a lot. And whether, but it was his dreams of, um, being where he thought he wanted to be, being like this superstar, but now it's like, he's been sleeping for a while and he needs to wake up. And like these, these dreams that are, he's having aren't what he thought. And so did what's your idea on the difference of the dreams between this original part and this part of his career?
2: Yeah, again, I I think that's why this is something that obviously I've talked about a lot through our podcasts um, um, about where our mind can take us and how it can kind of set us up for failure, where we just picture this perfect ideal situation where, you know, we have everything we want and all the questions are answered. And as I talked about, he got everything he wanted, but yet this... Stuff that he really needed, he's not getting. All all the important questions that he wants to answer, he's not getting. So he talks about, you know, being lost in his dreams. And I think that's him basically admitting, like, what what I thought when I was a teenager, what this life would be for me. It's just, it's not it. Like, I've had the intuition. I've done everything right. I've put out great music. People love me. And yet, there's still all these negatives. And I think he's just... At the point where he's really questioning, like, kind of, he's he's almost battling the question of what's the point, and also I can't stop because yeah. this may be the only way I figure it out.
1: Yeah, and that's I think that's a good comparison to like swimming, right? He feels almost if if he stops and it's over. And so that's why I think he, you see this kind of turn to where he's like, okay, let's, let's get back into it. Like, right. You know, let's, let's kind of get back to an extent. Uh, but I want to toss, I want to toss it over to, to Nick because pre pod he was, he's starting, he was starting something that I, I was really interesting. I'm like, well, slow your roll here, bud. Slow it down for a second. I know I need a genuine mm-hmm. reaction from this, uh, on the pod. Um, but before before you get into that, I do want to say that, like one of my original introductions to Mac Miller pre um, swimming pre circles was Ascension, the song that you showed that you're like, dude, you got to listen to the song Ascension. I'm like, OK, and that the line kind of like the main line in that song, Main what what's between heaven and hell, a brand new me has always, always stuck with, stuck with me. And I think that's good. Going, that's, that's a good example going off of um, Hughes's last point. It's like, okay, what's between heaven and hell? What What's the difference in the end? And it's just like a new me, right? A, a change, continuing, continuing growth. And so I want your thoughts on that uh, aspect, maybe Boggs. And then also uh, I, I want to hear what you have to share. <laughs>
0: So yeah, man, uh the day I heard Ascension, I was I was at one of my low points and man, late at night, just cracked it on and it was that point on I like cemented Mac is probably my favorite artist ever because I knew at that point I had to get my life together. It was a new me. You know what I mean? That's right. the only thing that's gonna make a change. It's right. it's crazy how somebody that made this music didn't even thank someone like he was listen to it and it changed my whole life like that man saved me with that song multiple mm-hmm. different occasions and i i don't know man him growing helps me grow because i hear what he's been through and me not to take the same steps and relate it to my own life and ascension man like it just it, i don't know it's it produced me to be the guy i am today and i'm so very thankful that song in particular
1: yeah dude and again back to the like main theme of this podcast I think you nailed it right on the fucking head man like we we are guys we are guys we are people that really want to try I think to you know figure things out and live a meaningful fulfilling purposeful life and the one of the ways that we're able to do it is to listen to uh listen to these artists these great artists who've kind of had the experiences and and share the experiences on a platform for us to listen to and take notes and like, okay, is this what I want to do? And this is, this, is this not what I want to do? And I think that's why it comes down to the genuine artists, Hughes, that I think we find ourselves attached to a bit more because it's not like they're put on a front. They're just laying out their experiences, laying out their stories and uh, you know, allowing us to, to pick, pick their brain
2: yeah i mean i i think this is a great example of what vulnerability can do for someone i mean like i i know nick's not the only person that's been saved by mac and been saved by other people
1: Mm -hmm.
2: other artists i mean like this kind of music and and again this is will this is why we've been talking about this guy for how long at this point ever since we met basically because he, he just has that strong of a pull on people and his ability to just throw himself out there with no filter is, is just like very shocking for someone in that, in that position. And yeah, I think Ascension is an incredible song too, because it's just him talking to himself really is what it is. It's him talking to himself and, and laying out what he's thinking over a nice beat, you know, yeah. and, and that's yeah. that kind of stuff. Is just what grabs you. You know, he talks about needing, uh, needing a religion to follow. I swear to God, I got more problems than there is bitches in Carlo. I thought mm-hmm. it was just a good line. Cause it's like that, that's just a great uh, example of, of kind of what he's been going through. It's like girls, girls, drugs, not going to fix it. Like I have to, I have to find something bigger than that to pull me through. Mm-hmm. And that's why I find Max so fascinating because he he never got pulled through all the way, you know. Yeah. But he clearly he was working so hard on it forever. Yeah. And it just his him putting himself out there like this for so long just really shows you how hard it was for him and yeah. and how tough it must have been to live in his mind because. Despite him being so aware of his situation, what he needed to do, he still couldn't all the way beat it. And I think that's why, like, going back and listening to this older stuff, just, God, it just really pulls at you in a different way.
1: I don't know. I don't run the Running Hook Podcast Network. That's Alex Burr. However, I'm going to nominate that last phrase for take of the goddamn year, man, because holy shit, I got chills just listening to it because you're so right. You, you're so right. And we started we started our kind of like talks about circles around circles. Right. And it's weird kind of how his how his career has kind of become that to an extent like this perfect circle especially with circles being like the last album um but that's not what we're talking about today but there is a song on good am perfect circle godspeed that i believe that's the one that nick was wanting to talk about so what what is, what is what's your take on that song uh nick take on
0: So the one with the story I have for, that's the festival, the very last song. But Perfect Circles and Godspeed, dude. So like at the beginning, it gives you like this old like Western town bar kind of vibe. And he just goes in with the crazy bars. But then right after that, he gets real, Mm -hmm. like as real as can be. And it's exactly what happened is what he said. He doesn't want to happen. He doesn't want his friends to have to go talk to his crying mom about how they could have helped him when they didn't. You know what I mean? And I, I hate to say this as like a Mac fan from the day day one but like when i listened to perfect circles and godspeed like i listened to it all the way through the first time but every time that song came back on i just listened to the first part and at the end i was like oh, okay it's whatever he's just talking but like afterwards man it literally brought me to tears after that man passed away and millions of people saw his perspective and where he was in life and like you know no one wanted to step up and help him change because he wanted yeah. to obviously but yeah i don't know it's just no, for us. That,
1: that's- that is that's a sad that is a sad look at it it really is because it's like he is laying it all out there and he still was, wasn't able to fucking, you know, come through. And I, I think that's a great yeah. point. And so what, what's what's your take on the festival, Nick?
0: So the feature little dragon. So the very first lyrics of the, the song Max says, ask God, if she believe in me and will she accept me as a deity? So I take it. Little Dragon is a form of God, is the image of God. And the festival is heaven. So the last song on the album is actually a suicide prayer before he makes that decision. And little... Uh, dragon reminds mac about how he has birthdays new romances and new comings in life that try and you know make him stay and she asks him one last time like do you really want to go to the festival and it leaves off like that mac doesn't have another verse it just stops it's a prayer one way and one way back you know what Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. and i don't know you listen to that song and look at it like a god and suicide note type perspective it literally opens up your mind with what he says it's crazy
1: no and it's another it's another example of mac being mac and it's like okay we are he, he still is he still is that this guy from faces unfortunately and We'll talk yeah. about this a bit yeah. next week, Hughes. Uh, but looking ahead to Divine Feminine, it's like he had he had that glimpse of what of of life to an extent, right? And that just makes it even more sad. And then you go back to swimming. But um, I do. I, you got any final thoughts on on Good AM, Hughes?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think Nick obviously described the festival perfectly. Like I'm just looking through the lyrics and I'm like, God damn man. Like that that ending especially is just is really gets the goosebumps going. It's it's just crazy. But yeah, like I think he was really trying with this album to to kind of just be happy. And then he's still towards that end is like he's gotta let people know that it's still he's still not okay. Yeah. And it's i mean two songs i want to talk about in the bag and break the law just two bumpers like yeah nothing to really add like no no deep no deep analysis but like man
1: Um. two
2: cars or two two songs you throw one in the car you got the bass going it's like oh give Mm -hmm. me right i went for a run last night had those two back to back it was nice but yeah i mean it's that he really gets the highs and the lows like those two songs are great examples of of what i think he wanted to do with it and just kind of enjoy like the the good parts of life and how successful he is but at the same time he's got to address that he's still not okay
1: And we we talk about his awareness, but in the bag is another perfect example of his awareness, not necessarily of an introspective view of himself, but of his of his being himself being a white rapper, you know, and he's kind of like joking. He's like, this is a music that white people, hate," you know, and I, I, (laughs) I and just another example of like, okay, Mac is it's it's Mac. What you're getting from Mac is all Mac, man. And I think that's why he's gained the respect of a lot of people throughout the music industry, especially after, um, you know, he's he's passed away. And so, Nick, I got one more. Uh, I got I got another one for you. OK, so where are we okay. as, as we leave good a.m.? And me and Hughes are going to talk about Divine Feminine and um, swimming next week. Where are we in Mac Miller's
0: career after good a.m.? Well, at this point, I know that's when he started to um, become good friends with Ariana Grande. So he mm-hmm. tinkered in the love aspect in life. And I think um, so I know the album itself isn't about Ariana, but it shows how powerful love is. And you can see how down that man is. But he puts it all aside just to focus on this woman that he cares so much about. You know what I mean? And it's it's not even just that female in particular. It's all women in general in this world and i don't know i adore the fact that he took that step
1: yeah i I definitely agree it kind of brings it brings me back to euphoria to an extent to where he's like the pain when when she when she's in his arms whoever that girl is the pain goes away and so that's what i'm kind of expecting i've listened to divine feminine probably a little bit more in swimming and so that's what that's the kind of mindset I'm gonna go into listening to Divine Feminine, and then of course swimming with. It's like okay, he was trying to wake up in good AM. He's still struggling, uh, obviously at the end. But Divine, I mean, I think it, I, I, I think it's a turn. I think it's another turn in his career where maybe he feels like he's going up the yeah. roller coaster uh, a little bit. And so Hughes, Hughes, what are you going into this next week uh, thinking? What, what's your mindset?
2: yeah it's it's kind of the same thought for me like we keep the end of these albums it keeps feeling like we're heading down but then the next album it feels like we're pulling back up and Mm -hmm. and i've i've listened to the divine feminine a couple times um obviously i've listened to swimming a bunch so that one i'm very familiar with um but i'm still very excited to get back into it because it's one of my favorite albums like ever probably but the divine feminine is definitely like an important bridge i think to getting there Mm -hmm. where you know he's obviously talked about love a lot not necessarily a lot but like he he puts it into to every album like good am we got you know ros rain or shine uh which is which is kind of the love love song of this one but i mean the divine feminine is basically completely focused on that some really really good songs i mean cinderella to stay mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know just there's a bunch of awesome songs on that one that are going to have a great discussion about but yeah i, I think just it's going to be an important bridge to uh to where we're getting with swimming in circles which is uh you know that that final stamp for mac uh,
1: i definitely agree i i like your point of um it feels like he it's like a staircase in each album only like going down where he's kind of climb up and then he falls down by the end of the album. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to next week to sitting down and chat, discussing uh, those two with Hughes Uh, Boggs. I want to thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Great takes. Definitely going to have you back, brother. Definitely going to have you back.
0: No problem. I think we're gonna. I think we're going to interrupt, but go ahead. Uh, i actually got one more thing that's just on my mind before we uh finish up here on good am if you don't mind if i touch yeah, on it's a topic you guys brought up prior and before the podcast so you guys are talking about his music videos right so the song brand name i think in my opinion in his whole career is the strongest music video he has ever made because two things the song itself brand name shows that Mac Miller is just a brand name. That's not necessarily exactly who he is at a standpoint. It's what people see, you know, him spending all this money and stuff. It's not how he really feels. And the music video is based off of the Truman show. If you guys have seen that movie Mm -hmm. where everything is superficial around him, where he's the only real thing in life. And that's Mm -hmm. where I feel so like, I don't know. It hits me so deep brand name just because of both the meanings behind it. The music video is out of this world, but That was on my mind, so I figured I'd touch up on it while we're talking about good AM2. Hey,
1: hey, no problem at all, brother. You just need to butt in whenever you got something in your mind. Just shut me up half the time. So, um, but for real, real, um, I think me and Hughes are going to hit these two um, next week. And then when we do Circles... I, I wouldn't mind having a compilation of the Mac Miller guests, you know, bring it back full circle, you know, play into that theme Yeah. boys on, have Nick, have for Drew sure. on. Uh, I, I think that'd be a good way to kind of end end, end, end his career and end the album uh, and, and or talk about just circles as a whole, as an album. And so, but uh, like I said, yeah. thank you for joining. Uh, I really appreciate it. Some great takes, obviously um day one till uh day one till i die brother i appreciate, I appreciate you it. having me no problem but before we go we do have a little For sure, shameless plug man, always <laughs> before we go we do have a shameless plug couple of them running hook podcast network as always follow us on instagram twitter tiktok i every time i say tiktok i'm like dude Running Hook Podcast Network's got a fucking TikTok in this mug. We're out here, man. Uh, got some great shows on there. We got uh, Lynn Sanity with Caleb <laughs> Lynn. We got uh, Circle City Cinema. I think T.O.P.'s back back and running a little bit. About time. Uh, IU, 17th in the nation. Preseason, let's run it. Let's run it. Uh, and then Hughes, already a published author. Make that times two, baby. Lisa, let's let's get a little shameless plug on, on on the new book
2: yes no pressure finding happiness in a fear-driven world just um you know can kind of continuing the message we talk about a lot on here with just how important uh uh how important your thoughts are which uh coming off a mac miller podcast i think showcases it best you know um Some of the some of the things that are important in life and aren't important and uh, just kind of trying to help help guide people through uh, some of that as I've battered it uh, myself, of course. So you can find that on Amazon uh, paperback and ebook. And if you read the first one, it's I think it's a lot better than that.
1: Well, I mean, shit, Hughes, I thought that first one was pretty good. I have yet to buy it working on getting the funds out, but, you know, I'm going to be there supporting my guy uh, soon as fuck. Got to get the paperback version. I got the paperback of uh, from one young soldier to another. I'm just going to start my own Dylan Hughes uh, bookshelves. Right, are we going to do one a year? Are we thinking you got <laughs> any plan? we got any plans or what, brother?
2: <laughs> yeah, I got a few ideas. I'm just trying to kind of um, figure it out. I like to give myself some time to breathe, you know, between projects, kind of uh, let the ideas come to me a little bit. So we'll see. We'll see.
1: That's fair. Um, Not much golf talk on today's pod. Uh, Normally we try to get that in a little bit, but Hughes, you watched, you said there was a nice little match going on yesterday. What's the deal there?
2: Yeah, man. I was pulling for my guy, Cam Smith. Um, (laughs) I I threw five bucks on the other day. Listen, the dude had 18 putts and 18 holes on Friday. I mean, that's, it was a rare record like that's unheard of and he almost broke the record for the full weekend just missed it by one or two putts i think but yeah man he had a tough uh double bug on that 18 but had a nice little uh three-man playoff abraham answer pulling out his first ever victory so it was it was fun man like even it feels like some of these weeks are off weeks for golf but they still make it entertaining
1: well we got it in We got in the golf and I I, I love that. So thank you everyone for tuning in. It's been another episode of the divine rhyme on the running hood podcast.